Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. on the Boston Man Show with GW's head coach, my man, Jamie and Christian of out there at the A-10 Conference Coach. Good to talk to you, my brother, as always. How have you been, man? Yeah, I'm great, man. It's great to be here. And, and uh, you know, this time, being able to have your health, um, you know, have your health and well-being and able to go out into the world and try to keep inspiring others. And, um, you know, it, it's just a blessing to be able to do that. And, and uh, you know, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Now, Coach, tell us about your team, man. You know, how was it trying to get your guys ramped up for this year, uh, knowing you couldn't see your guys for a while? D.C. was on a bigger lockdown and down here in Atlanta, of course. We're talking about off the air. So how was it trying to get your guys ready for this year and knowing you guys have played pretty well, not the results you wanted, but you've been in it pretty much every game. And here or there, you could have – the record could be a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, our, our guys love to compete. And so they were excited to get back here to campus – you know, I don't think the general public really recognizes, you know, what the interruption was for the guys that are competing out there on the floor these days. You know, usually as a basketball player, you know, the season ends in March. We obviously didn't have March Madness, but then you usually get a couple weeks off and then you finish up school and then you go home for, for you know, three or four weeks. And, and the difference was, you know, with everybody around the country, you know, March, you know, whatever, 15th or 16th, whatever it was, everything shut down. Campuses sent players home. And so the guys didn't even return back to campus until, for us, mid-August. Wow. Um, and some people try to bring their kids back sooner. Um, I, I was really pleased with the plan that we had here at GW because we wanted to make sure we had all the testing stuff ready to go when the guys got back here. We wanted to make sure we had a plan for them to, to be on campus and to be able to thrive at some level um, when they got back here. And so I was happy with the patience that we had. You know, Now, some people brought their kids back in June and July you know, I wasn't really worried about that. I felt like getting them back with a good plan, I thought was really important just for the guys. And then you know, our guys got back here in April. And again, they love to compete. They love to play. It was a little bit slow starting out because the guys hadn't worked out since oh, yeah. March. So it took us about a month solid before we were really even five on five or full go. I, I want to say we took six weeks, to be honest with you. Um, because I'm all about player safety, player health. And I want to make sure we're doing a great job of putting these guys in the right position. Um, and so, you know, once we got kind of through that six week period, you know, we kind of started attacking it. Um, you know, I, I love our guys. I love how we're competing. I mean, when you look at the scores, you know, people always think I'm crazy, you know what I mean? Cause I'm always like, not like, I, I love our team. I, I love our competitiveness and, and I, I'm looking at our team and I'm saying, man, we're just getting so much better. You know, it's like, we're beating that drum every week. Oh yeah. You know, we're beating that drum and we're in attack mode. And I think as we continue to grow as a unit, I think it's going to be scary 
because when I'm looking at the teams in our league, we're in a great league. I mean, we've got great coaches, national coach of the year last year, Anthony Graham Dayton and Mike Rhodes has been coaching here in the A-10. And, you know, uh, you know, St. Louis is amazing. Richmond's great. I mean, we've got a great league, but I just see our guys improving and how much they're learning. And I think that's really scary because, you know, we're, we're beating that drum and we're coming. And if we can continue to learn from our experiences, good and bad, you know, we're going to be in a great place. And I look at the scores of your games because I can tell, like, the losses over the close losses, they're going to grow from that. They're going to yeah. learn to execute that play in crunch time, you know. So I feel like a lot of times you can, you don't want to say, oh, a loss is a bad thing, but you can get, find so much good in, that your guys are getting close, that a player or two here or there, they'll, yeah. the record will be a little different, and people's yeah. idea about yeah. you will be different. Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, you're always – I mean, whether you win or lose, it's always a learning experience. And I think what's really important is like in, in our losses right now, you know, we have a lot of new guys that are learning new roles that are talented guys that just haven't, we haven't had a chance to put them together. You know, I do think the two or three months where they would have been together that we kind of missed out on that, that could affect us some, but I think ultimately we would have had to go through these growing pains anyway. And regardless, oh, yeah. and, you know, so, you know, you've been with, you know, you've been with me for a long time now, you know, I'm all about learning and, you know, I think what we've been able to do and, and through you know, really tough games, it's like it, it didn't break us. It brought us closer oh, together. Yeah. You know, if adversity binds you closer together, then you're going to be be all right when it matters. Because here's the reality of it. Adversity is going to hit you at some point. And a lot of the adversity that you think is going to happen, um, you know, injuries, you know, you can predict those kind of things. But your response to those things, if you own your response, you got a chance to be something really special. And championship teams have great responses. And I think we've responded all year long. Um, to really tough circumstances. I think, Coach, this man, you know, the fact that you're going through COVID protocols, you're one GW family. It's a weak mentality right there because yeah. you're going through this together. And like, that one slip-up can end it for everybody, get everybody in, pause. So I think that's brought you guys got closer together as well. And they say, hey, we're a family. This is We all going through this together. And the individual mindset is gone because this year it's all about that one family, family more than ever this year. Absolutely. And everybody that's touching your circle – you know, I always say this, you know, like I always say, like, you know, if, if one of my staff members is having a problem at home, you know, I always say, well, that's affecting our team. You know, I mean, everything that's happening in every one of our lives is affecting our team. And so really all of it, we're all in the same circle anyway. Um, but I don't think we've always tried to view it that way. You know, like there's always like this separation of like, like family and work. And really now there is no separation, you know, yes. I mean, even for the NBA players right now. And you know, and the college guys that are going, like, there's no separation. You know, my wife has to be smart. My son has to be smart. And everyone, every one of our staff members. And so we're all on the same page. We're all together on it. And, and uh, we've all got to be mindful of what we're all trying to do and, uh, and what we're trying to do for our kids. Speaking of learning, Coach, I feel like for me, I've become a better radio host, a better mentor, a better leader because, you know, I was the guy to do my job and go home, right? But this year I've learned that my radio show touched so many people before us, giving them an, an outlet from all the COVID stuff, all the stuff going on in Atlanta with the protesting here in Atlanta as well. So I feel like I coach, I'm a basketball coach. I didn't realize how much impact I had until this year. People send me emails and saying, hey, thank you for doing the show, for doing the pandemic. I need, I need a break. Uh, my interns who asked me about life, I'm 33 years old. I'm older than by a decade or so, right? So yeah. I'm having to teach these young kids about life, what's going on in our city. So coach, for me, I thought I've grown from this and become a better and better man going forward because of COVID-19 in 2020. Yeah, you know, I think that's a great point. I think, you know, in, in a time like this, you know, you like for me, I want to be a leader in this time. You know, I want to be a leader in some of the toughest times. I want to, you know, I want to be the person I, I've always strived to be this person. And maybe you're that person for a lot of people out there. 
you know, when someone's at their at their toughest point, I want to be the person that they want to reach out to. And I've always wanted to be that person. And and this situation here provides us that kind of kind of often, you know, and I think that's important to understand, like the platform that you have, the platform that I have. And, you know, I think always remembering that it's not about you. It's not about I, you know, and everything that we're putting out there, you know, all that we're trying to do the very best we can. And we're not going to be perfect. Everything we're trying to put out there has the opportunity to, to galvanize a group of people. And, and just trying to do that and be mindful of that, be mindful of our words, be mindful of how we connect with people and doing those things, I think is really important. And, and you're going to kind of see as you continue to grow, you know, the people that are connected to you and people that lean on you. And, and I think that's a great responsibility. And I think if you enjoy doing that, it's amazing. Yeah, coach, you know, man, I'm not the type of that, that guy typically, but man, I've talked about social injustice more than ever, politics, life beyond the sports, basketball, the Hawks, and talking to guys like yourself. I've had to really expand the, the, the diaspora, the, the, the reach of what we discuss here because the time calls for that. And I, now I know it because of the response I've been getting from, from fellow listeners and viewers and people around me saying, thank you for doing this. Cause when we need to hear you, hear from you, you know, you're, you're a young black host. This is rare. It's not many of us out here. We need you. We need your voice to speak on the issues that's going on in our country. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the thing is like the responsibility we have, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know if we're going to have this conversation here, but we can go into a little bit. I think we can. Interesting in, 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 in black communities, you know, uh, people who are in entertainment become leaders. And in no other community in the world are entertainers considered to also be leaders. And I think that's one of the things that I think we really need to evaluate is how we can get more, 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 uh, more people in the Black community and within politics and working their way up there so they can make impact there. Uh, not that I think it's bad that entertainers can be leaders, but I think, you know, we need people that are going into leadership to lead. You know, where, you know, like, you know, guys like Muhammad Ali are special, you know, Jim Brown, those guys are special, you know, but we need an, we need a second group of people that are coming up through the ranks, you know, like Reverend, Je like Reverend Jesse Jackson, you know, that are reverends that are coming into leadership that are choosing to lead. And we're leaning so much on our entertainers to lead us, you know, and again, I don't think that's necessarily bad. I think that shows a way that we've been able to gain wealth within our country. And that puts you into a, a position where you have a responsibility to lead. But I think we have to continue to be mindful of growing other people in other communities and within our communities of other pathways where they can lead and help. Um, and during this time, we've seen that more than anything. And coach, I'll tell you, man, working in the Georgia runoff elections, man, that was some of the most important work I've done in my life because coach, I wasn't a political guy. I try to keep keep it out of my yeah. show, but this year I pretty much showed my hand and I helped Warnock and Ossoff and Blackman because it was that importance to the state of Georgia and our country for us to help change the path where we're going on and helping with Black Voters Matter, helping with all the people on the ground, Georgia Project, everybody on the ground here, Coach. I was like, man, this is some big stuff we're doing. And it felt so rewarding seeing them win because the work that we put in from August to through January 5th, man, it paid off. And I was happy to say to Georgia people around here who understood the gravity, what we, we had in our hands, the power of our vote to get this done, knowing what we dealt with for all of 2020 and, and all of we've done in the last four years, to be honest with you, in, in the state of Georgia. Yeah, I love it. And I, and I love your patriotism. And, and I feel like, you know, it, it's interesting, right? Like, I feel like voting is is one of the best ways that we can show, show the, how our de democracy works. It's also one of the best ways we can show how much we care about our country. And I think these ideas that my vote won't count, building that in is like a part of, of is a part of voter suppression. 
Yes. You know, and, and I think we really fought against that. Now the challenge is this, you know, we had more people vote for Barack, you know, when he, when, when Barack Obama ran for president and then we, and then the next couple of elections that dropped down within our communities that the goal is for us to own our future. And we own our future by going to that ballot box, not just for the election, but for our local elections and all those things as well. And making sure, again, we're promoting the right kind of people that we believe in that are going to fight for the rights of us and for all people, you know, like it's not the rights that we're fighting for are things that are, that are unjust, you know, we're not asking for anything that's unjust. We're asking for things that are rational and reasonable. And it's about getting, getting people in there that will fight for those things above, above things that, that really don't matter. Um, And I think, you know, I'm so, you know, I I love history. So I'm like a big history guy. Like I I love history. Oh yeah. I love it. um, I think if I wasn't a basketball coach, I would have either been a journalist, probably writing for politics or human interest stories, or I would have been a lawyer. So all this stuff is kind of right into my, my wheelhouse. And I just think the empowerment that we have with our vote, um, we've, we've suppressed some and we've been suppressed. Oh, yes. Right? And, and I remember talking, you know, you know, we had um, on our team, we obviously talked about voting and, and everyone on our team voted and we, you know, we did all the stuff we we're supposed to be able to do and and uh, which I think is our responsibility as well. And I remember having a, a kid who's actually from Atlanta and he was like, man, you know, I, I just think George is going to definitely go this way. And he's, I just don't think my vote's going to mean anything. And then I remember coming to my office the next day after election and goes, wow, my vote really did matter, you know? And I think that's, what's really important for us to understand is that your voice, like you have the opportunity here in this country for your voice to be heard. Now it doesn't yes. mean that it's going to echo off the walls and it's going to continue, but you have your chance to, for a voice, your voice to be heard and you do that at the ballot box. There's so many countries around the world where you don't have a chance for your voice to even be listened to, oh, heard yeah. at all. Um, and we have that right here. And I think we have to really appreciate that. I mean, we, you know, we've had people in our communities forever fight for our ability to vote yes. and our ability Definitely. to have a voice. And, and so to look up and say, oh, no, my vote doesn't matter. Man, that that's that's uh, that's a misunderstanding of the history of many men and women who stood before us to give the ability for us to stand there in the cast that vote. And I'm just really glad that that all our communities came out and, and, and contributed in a lot of different ways. And coach, we're doing a civic engagement class going forward for young people who in Georgia who don't understand how it can't change overnight. It starts off locally with your school board, city council, mayor, representative, senator, governor. So we're going to do a whole class here going forward here to help people understand how civics and how it all works. So those those blanket people on social media, those, those uh woke people who don't really know anything don't yeah. tell you that how it works how you the senate is controlled because of the states each state gets two of them so it's kind of work working against you already the house is more of you in your area and that's gerrymandered to a degree as well so having to teach these people coach about the basis of politics and civics is something we, i want to do i'm happy to ask me to be involved because i want this to be better for us going forward here in georgia and take this program beyond georgia and help other states yeah. in the south get this get, get it right as well as we have here in georgia yeah i love that and I, and I think we need more we need more activism that way you know i mean there's activism where we stand out and we protest and we do those things and, and those things are necessary too but we need activism in other ways and activism and leadership you know that's that's excited about starting programming that's gaining knowledge. Like, you know, the knowledge is still the most important thing that we can do for, for ourselves. And the more knowledge is the one thing that you just can't have too much of. Right. And so the yes. more we're able to learn, the more we're able to see perspectives on different sides of it. You know, I think one of the things that happens so much now is, 
because because we're not educating ourselves on both on on multiple things right we're only diving deeper you know we have our twitter that I have followed these guys and my facebook only follow these guys you know we're not looking at both sides of things as much as we used to you know our media used to be so um i wouldn't say it was always been down the middle but the media before you know before it became about having the story quickly was much more about getting the story right and yes. bringing in data and information from both sides of it and people were able to make a decision. Well, now we can really we can only focus on one thing if we want to. And it makes you feel like you're divided, like you have to pick a side when the probably of it, the majority of us are trying to figure out, you know, there might be four issues and we might be split down the middle on two of them. And the world's trying to say, if you like these two things, you have to go this way. And I think, you know, programs like you're creating, you know, with having people in the school board that can explain to our communities, you know, how the school system works, why it's important. Like if there's anything we've learned in the last nine months it's the importance of our teachers and our education and what it does for our oh, society yes. and you know now i'm biased my parents are both teachers okay so i'm biased but the way we treat our educators in this country i think is appalling they're literally they're giving us a foundation for our future yes. and they're going to do it every single day in some of the toughest places and and doing a, a really doing such a great job and it's like we have to really appreciate what our teachers and educators do for our society um, and, and like, that's the one thing I was, I was interested with in the presidential debates. No one was, no one was talking about the teachers in our educational system. You know, we're talking about gun rights and this and that, man, what, what, what's happening every day that affects our community. Our kids are going to school every single day. So yes. there isn't necessarily a factor that, that, you know, outside of, you know, eating and, and so, you know, outside of some basic needs, that education part of it, we've got to get right in our country. So like school board, those groups are extremely important because they're bringing in programming to, to literally build our foundation and build our future. And if we're not, if we're not smart with how we're trying to build that with our, with our students, those we're trying to educate, then we're making a colossal mistake. And I think we've got to make sure like, I love the idea of getting people involved in the school board and the communities and stuff because educators are, are, are creating our America and we've got to make sure we're doing a great job to appreciate them. Yeah, because it's, it's a problem with everybody on school boards if it's from Buckhead and not from the west side of Atlanta, Vine City. You know, they don't have an right. interest in hand over in Vine City and Buckhead. They have it on for there. So, you know, that's a push of trying to, if you understand that we ask yourself, why is things better in Buckhead than it is over on the West End or Camelton Road or Camp Creek? Ask yourself, why in Kirkwood different from, from North Atlanta? So I always try to tell people, it's, it's all boils down to civics and that engagement because if you want to be better, you have to give a voice because they, they put it on the ballot. Hey, do you want to change this street or add this project? This it's on the ballot. But you have to pay attention to everything top to the bottom. Yeah. Know it all because if you don't, it'll affect you directly because what's happening locally affects you more than does happen on the federal level. It, 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 it matters, but what happens right in your backyard in Fulton County in the state of Georgia, the governor affects you more than does Joe Biden or Donald Trump. I'll try to tell yeah. people that. And some people got the message. Some still didn't, but majority did get the message. Try to give them the, hey, it's local, then up top to federal. Yeah. And I think what's what's great about it is, and you're climbing the ranks as a leader, and hopefully I'm doing the same thing, right? Like when you're climbing the ranks as a leader, the information you're given is more and deeper. And because a lot of times when you're, when you're looking at it, you're saying, we should only do this or only do that. You know, the world wants us to live in onlys or nevers. And when you're in that leadership position, you recognize there are very few onlys and nevers. And, and you're gaining more information. I think what happens is 
Now our ability to communicate with people is different than maybe someone else sitting beside us. And we need both parties being able to communicate to their, to their environments, right? The good and the bad. And, you know, what can happen if we do this and what can't. And I feel like so many times because we're not, you know, we're not getting both sides of it enough or communicate to us in a way that we can all understand it. We, there's a huge misunderstanding about what is truth, what is right, and what is in the middle and understanding the good and the bad on both. What we did, Coach, is um, we had, this is, this is what Joe Biden or Blackman or Oscar Wardock believes versus what Purdue, Loeffler, and Trump believes. So we, we put right. together, hey, you make, you, you make your choice what suits your needs the best. But here's what they all stand for, right. bullet points. So I wouldn't, I can't tell you who to vote for, really, but I'll give you the information to make you decide on for you and your heart what suits you and your interests better than whoever does that. So, you know, that's what we did, Coach, I made sure people yeah. understood because we I didn't want to just be like, hey, vote for Ossoff Warnock Blackman. I wanted yeah. you to look at the, the information and determine why you should vote for them or not vote for them. If you see it their way, go their way. See it their way, go. So that's what we did, Coach. We wanted to make this be cohesive and easy and understandable for all our people who have may not been in deep into it as we are. So we tried to make it easy as we could for our, our constituents here in Georgia. And thankfully, most of them saw it the right way. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you know, I think that's empowering, though, is, is just sharing the information and then letting people go and make their own decision. You know, I mean, Again, I'm a coach, so I'm in a leadership position. I never try to tell our guys what to think. You know, I don't think that's my responsibility. I think my responsibility is sharing them the information, mm -hmm. you know, and then creating an environment where we can all communicate what our, what our beliefs are. And I think we got to all be striving to try to create something like that, you know. And, you know, because it, 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 at the end of the day, like, you know, there's some fundamental rights that we all want. And we should all be all defending those fundamental rights and, you know, creating that environment where you can discuss it, I think is really important so that we can all be heard. No doubt, coach. If you ever want me to talk to your team about this stuff, I'm more than happy to, you know, more yeah. than happy to do that for you, man. And I'm asking you, coach, about when things happen with George Floyd, Amada Arbery, and Brian Taylor and others, how did you use those Zooms? Because you have a, a very diverse team of different backgrounds. Yeah. So how were those talks with your team about what's going on in our country and, you know, hearing all that different stories and getting on understanding each other's perspectives on these said issues in, in our world this summer? Yeah, you know, I, I would say something we try to do here we're always having these kind of conversations, um, no matter what, you know, um, whether it's something that's happened over across the world, whether it's, you know, something happening within the environment, you know, I want our guys to be worldly. You know, I, I don't want them being in this basketball bubble where they're only seeing their value being one thing. And, you know, we're at one of the greatest schools in the world. And we have some of the best professors in the world that study here I want us using all the knowledge that's around us. And I, I still think you can be a great basketball player if you're learning. <laughs> like, I don't think you have to only, I don't think you only have to only think about basketball 24 hours a day to be a great player. Um, and so we've always kind of had these conversations. That's kind of just a part of our fabric now where I want to know their opinions. I want to know their thoughts. I want us discussing amongst each other. You know, I've been really pleased. We had so many new guys coming to the roster this year from freshmen and transfers and, you know, they're getting the way they're learning our way of life. And so watching them at the beginning and now watching them engage now is completely different. Um, you know, I think it's important for them to learn how to be comfortable talking about some of the tough things because these issues are complicated. Very. It's taken us a long time to get to where we are. Um, and, 
Now, some of the results shouldn't be complicated, but you know, it's just taking us a long time to get to where we are. And I think sometimes when you jump into the middle of something, it's hard for you to fully understand, you know, well, how do we get here? Well, let's go all the way back and let's rehash how we got here and look at the programming and things that are put in place for how we got here. Um, now you can look at the history of something that's not one way or the other. That's just, this is true. This is truth, yes. you know, and this is how it's affected the outcomes of where we are now. And so I think being able to have those kind of discussions, I think is very important. Um, again, it goes with my, my thing with our guys where I just, I think they're more than basketball players. And, and I think we have a overall job to educate them on all things. Um, so the conversations have been, been really good. You know, some heated, you know, we've got guys on both sides of the aisle in our locker room and we love that. And that's great. We, you know, we've got guys who've had different experiences. And so getting those guys to open up, be able to share those experiences are important. You know, we've got kids from Baltimore, uh, Baltimore, uh, uh, Atlanta and, and, and Ohio that had a, had a big thing. So we've got kids kind of from all over the place that we're really seeing it in different ways in Minnesota, obviously. So, you know, our best player is, is from right there in Minnesota. So, you know, seeing it from different ways, I think it's really important. Um, but then the most important thing is being able to share what your thoughts are and then listen to what someone else's thoughts are. And not necessarily always agreeing, but seeing their perspective. Most definitely. Right? And I think this, you know, I think trying to build an open-mindedness into a discussion is important. You know, like so many times when you walk into a conversation, the person who initiates the conversation, their energy will dictate how the how the conversation will end, mm-hmm. right? So if I come in fiery, the conversation is going to end fiery. Rarely does it end calm if I come in fiery. Most definitely. Right? And so understanding that we have a responsibility when two people come together that may not agree to communicate effectively and to listen to one another. And then, you know, rarely do you come in and say, I'm going to be open-minded. And do you not take a point or two from someone else? You know, and so if two people can come in with that kind of mindset, well, then you're, you're inching towards ground to try to find whatever the answer is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there'll be some other points where you may not. So, I mean, we've had some heated conversations. We've had some tears. You know, we've had some, we've done some things. I mean, we've, we've put out different statements and stuff that we believe in. And, and uh, you know, our guys are doing an amazing job with it. And, and then an amazing job of being a collective unit with it and, and really working together to find something that we all can believe in. Most definitely, Coach. And I got a few more, two more for you, man. First of all is this one. Tell us your quarantine hobby, man. Uh, what was your quarantine hobby this, when you was off all that good time, man? Yeah, you know, I've been on the Peloton bike a ton. Wow. Um, you know, you know, I, I've, I've really enjoyed that. Just kind of, you know, what I wanted to do this year is I wanted to get my, I wanted to get my, my mind and my, my mind in a great place to go out here and compete. I wanted to do, do the same thing with my body. And, you know, last year I didn't, I didn't have like health issues, but I didn't feel great health wise, if that makes sense. And so yes. I just recognized over time, I was like, man, you know, this is really wearing me down. So I said, Let, you know, let's really put together a good plan, you know, where I'm biking and walking and, and, and running and doing different stuff like that, just consistently. You know, I started this thing where I said, you know, you know, what we do in the morning, the alarm goes off at eight, we hit the snooze button, we lay, lay back down or, you know, nothing typical. But I wanted to start this thing and I said, and talking about like stacking habits, and so once my feet hit the floor, I was up and I would get up and I might read, I might meditate and I, I might work out, I might do yoga. But I'm, once my feet hit the floor every day, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to go and attack the day. Um, and so it's just started trying to stack some different positive habits together, you know, and, I, and like studying different, different ways of habits can affect you. And, 
just do one small habit and then stack that to another habit and stack it to another, you know? So my habits, my, I would say like my, my quarantine thing I've been trying to do is get my mind in the best place it's ever been. I feel great. I feel enthusiastic. Again, the world right now, there's a lot going on. I want to be the best leader during this time. It doesn't mean I have to get it right all the time, but I want that pressure and I want that challenge. And so to do that, my mind's got to be in a great place and also recognizing that my physical has, has an effect on my mind. So that's been my major focus, really. Uh, you know, I would say that's been my hobby. It's just, just trying to make sure I get my body right and my mind right. Last thing for it, tell us about the BCU, Black Culture United. I know you and Paul Hewitt helped get that going, executive director. I know you're part of one of the founders as well. Tell us about that great organization for Black Culture United, what you guys, what your mission is, what you guys are trying to accomplish here going forward. Yeah, man, you know, I've been really fortunate to, to be able to jump in with these guys at BCU. And, and you know, we're trying to make sure that, that coaches of color are represented all around the country and, and that they have a place where we can communicate and we can talk. And, and you know, right now we're just attacking basketball mostly, but we're going to continue to kind of expand out. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been fun being a part of something at the very beginning. Um, and it, it's been fun being a part of something at the very beginning, seeing how, how organizations build and how organizations work when you have – a lot of really talented people connected within it. Um, seeing some of the challenges that we have. I, I've loved working with Coach Hewitt because he's just got an amazing spirit. He's got an organizational mind. He's a great leader for us. And, you know, he has an energy level to go and attack this thing. And, you know, we just want to make sure that, that, that coaches of color are having a place where they know that they can, they can come to and connect. You know, we also are going to probably expand and doing some different kind of programming on our, from our website and, you know, different stuff where you can go and, and learn more. Like, I, you know, I, one thing I love about the BCU is that it's, it's going to be a service-driven organization. And so it's going to be, you know, there'll be dues and stuff like that, but it's going to be more about what we can give people. So whether it's, you know, I mean, it, we can go anywhere with this, but I know one of the things we're going to start with is like being able for people to come on and sign on, be able to watch coaching videos and be able to grow their craft there and, and just being more accessible to help coaches learn around the country and you know, and I think that that's what I'm really excited about is, you know, I haven't seen an organization really do that before that's going to tackle, you know, race and sport, but also tackle growth in sport and sport and learning in sport. And, and we're going to tackle a lot of these different things. And we have a lot of different directions we can go with it. The one thing with Coach Hewitt is he's amazing with making sure we do one thing at a time and not try to get too far ahead. You know, obviously, we try to tackle a lot of the voting stuff early. And, you know, so we really push forward on some of that stuff. Now we're moving forward to more organizational stuff and making sure we have a great foundation. Um, it's a great organization. I'm thrilled to be a part of it and I'm thrilled to see where it can go. And I'm excited to be able to give my service to something much bigger than myself that, that I know will have a great impact on our communities moving forward. Yeah, I saw the founders list. I saw my man, Murray Garvin, on there as well. Yeah. Coach Garvin, really cool. It's like he a cool dude, man. He, he real suave and he real suave, man. I like that <laughs> guy, man. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of great personalities on there, and you know, during this time period when we have our meetings, we're able to really connect and just talk about different stuff that we're going through and give different perspectives. And you know, Leonard Hamilton's on there, and and uh, you know, we've got a great crew of guys that we kind of text message about now and. You know, it's been great for me as a younger guy to be able to connect with so many guys in the business in a different way. You know, I mean, we're all fighting to be at the top, um, but there's obviously lessons that these guys have that, that are going to really help me. And hopefully there's some lessons that I have that can help them. You know, it's just good to be a part of our community where we're all really working together and, and we have a great vision in front of us. Coach, thank you for your time. They've been real gracious with your time today. Thank you so much as always, my brother. Best luck to you, you and your team. And I look forward to seeing you guys attack the 18 and get the get, get, get make some happen in March here real soon, buddy. I know, man. Watch for us, man. I, I'm always appreciative of being on here, and, and I'm a big supporter of you. And 
there's anything I can do to help you along the way, you let me know. And uh, again, I think you're exactly right, man. I'd watch out for the Colonials uh, in the next few weeks. I think we're going to get this thing rolling pretty good. No doubt, Coach. Thank you. Same here, buddy. Hey, thank you all for your time, brother. Hey, I'm cheering for you. You know, you're one of my favorite guys coming to show all every year, man. So they were cheering for you, buddy. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. All right, buddy. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.